Ahi Pai, good afternoon. Welcome to the panel, RNZ National. Kia mo tōna mai, koutou katoa coming up on the programme. More than half of sick people not getting tested for COVID-19. This is according to a new survey. We ask why. Million-dollar mortgages are becoming more common. So what if interest rates rise? Are homeowners prepared? And the price of a one-kilogram block of cheese is now out of reach for some families. We discussed that with Consumer NZ's John Duffy. What our councillors earn and why some say it should be more. Do we need to pay more to attract the right talent? We are joined by Josh Tanandal Mackay, Whanganui's District Council's youngest councillor. And the Doors frontman, Jim Morrison. He he died in July of 1971, but to the pilgrims by his grave. 50 years on, his charisma remains undimmed. Robin Gallagher has been to the grave of Jim Morrison. Have you? And what were your thoughts of it? You can text us, 2101, or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. This afternoon, I'm with Dr. Carolyn Daly, Associate Professor of History and Dean of Graduate Studies at Auckland University. Dr. Daly, kia ora. Kia ora, Welcome to the Wallace. panel. Thank you. And with us in, I think it's our Christchurch studio, Jock Anderson, former NBA editor and columnist, but uh, actually from Timaru, Jock, kia ora. Hello there, Wallace and Caroline. Good afternoon, Jock. Did you make the trip okay? Yes, I made the trip okay, uh, assisted by a couple of date scones picked up in Dunsandle. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Good I've got a cup of tea yeah. at my side. Yeah, Good on but, you. But, but not a date's gone. I'm a, no, I'm, a sucker I'm for dates gone. <laughs> so am I. Uh, and for our story of the day, Caitlin Sherry. Kia ora, Caitlin. It's actually Robert Kelly. But oh, I can Robert. Do, I can do my best what? Caitlin impression. Who's Caitlin? Like. The voice. What um, a surprise. Yeah, yeah I, I like to be surprising. It's good to keep you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Um, for story of the day today, I want to talk about mental agility. Is everyone feeling mentally agile? Always. Yeah, I know Jock would be. It's a bit of a silence at this end. Yeah, no, that's why I jumped in. <laughs> um, there's been a really good piece done by on New Scientist by Matt Murphy, which is essentially a survey of everything we know about the relationship between age and mental ability. And essentially what it's saying is that almost everything that we assume to be correct about the narrative of ageing is wrong. It's based on old generalisations uh, and it doesn't really match what psychologists are seeing in the last 20 years or so, studying how people think. So they've come up with seven ages, essentially, uh, of our brains. That Cut e- to the chase. When are we at our brightest? Um, <laughs> well, the... Were we ever? <laughs> Were we ever? <laughs> uh, about four years old, Wallace. Um, you, it, it depends what you think brightest means. So what is the thing that's most important to you, Wallace, in terms of thinking? Oh, you've got me. Because uh, okay, so so the Gee. seven ages of the brain. What is intelligence? Well, Carolyn, <laughs> you're the you're the you're the yeah. graduate studies. I, I, I've got the degrees. Is that the same as my mother would say? More common sense in a little finger. You know, is that more important? Well, well yes. The most important thing as you get older is figuring out how you can stay young. Or or working out how your what you think young means in your brain. Exactly. So the, um, the general feeling of the psychologist looking at this is that every decade has mm. a kind of defining way that your brain works. So in childhood, we are at our best for original thinking and imagination. You are never going to be more imaginative than you are at four or five, unfortunately. Really? As much as we would like to think that we would be. Um, because you're discovering everything... And you're having to work out where everything is. That's where you're at your most creative. 
You just can't I'm, express it. I've got to jump in because when it's because uh, I have a four, three and a half year old, and when uh, in night time, said, "Dad, can you tell me a story?" But it's got to involve a porcupine, a hamster. <laughs> it's got to be on the safari, <laughs> and it has to have a truck, uh, and it has to have a person called Bob. And there are a whole lot of uh, there are a whole lot of um, provisos, and it gets longer and longer and longer. I'm just going, "Oh my goodness me! What an imagination!" And, and that's at four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense to me. I mean, because you haven't got the inhibitions. Right. You if you think learned, about children yeah. drawing and things, you know, and being creative, and then a few years later saying, I can't draw. Mm. You haven't learned that there are rules to break. Yeah. So that's just there for you. Adolescence, on the other hand, is the peak of our curiosity and our ability to take risks, but not necessarily taking them. Just no. our, like, ability to think about taking a risk. Mm. Uh, which is often thought of as kind of irresponsibility. Um, one of the things I love about this piece that you can read on The New Scientist is the kind of sheer anger expressed by psychologists of their subjects being misrepresented in media. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so they're saying that uh, one of the things that adolescents particularly have an interesting approach to is they have a tolerance of ambiguity. So things can be one thing or the other. They're, they're okay with things being uncertain. And that's sometimes Greta Thunberg, have they? <laughs> she's very certain of one thing, but she's also very pragmatic, mm. which is another thing that is uh, said of adolescents is they can actually be a lot more pragmatic than they're given credit for because they don't necessarily have an end goal in mind, which I think is really interesting. The twenties are described as your fast years, but generally fairly unhappy ones. Okay. Um, which I found interesting. I've just turned 30, and I think that probably maps onto my experience. Quite a bit of laughter in the, stu- in the producing booth there, uh, in yeah. terms of the 20s one. Uh, yeah, am I winding everyone up? Um, yeah. Yeah, supposedly very, very fast, but like pretty bleak in general. Um, however, the good news is that we're going to remember it really fondly. So there's this wonderful expression um, called the reminiscence bump which is where we remember the, uh, what happened in our mid-twenties really vividly. Jock, is that true for you? Uh, well, speak for yourself. I mean, most of my twenties, I'd much rather forget, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But um, there are people around who do keep reminding me. Yeah, and I think that is true, um, that, but not for everyone. But holding on, like, using very rose-tinted glasses. So he's got, oh, that was the best time. I had such a good time. And what about the 30s? Well, the 30s, uh, the superpower of your 30s is endurance. So you start to lose speed, which I'm frankly looking forward to, but uh, you begin to be a lot better at enduring and working really hard. It's the kind of the decade where work, uh, where your brain can do the most work. In your 40s, it's a peak time for emotional intelligence and focus. Okay. 50s and 60s, I think this is a bit euphemistic, this one, but the, the phrase that's used for the 50s and 60s is reaping the rewards of your crystallised intelligence. Basically what they mean by that is uh, your, your cognitive ability isn't as fast as it was, but the amount of information that you're drawing from is much higher. So I don't know if that resonates, uh, but that's one thing. And then 70 plus, you're at your best for making decisions. All right. So a bit of a recap on that because people are quite interested. So childhood, the era for original thinking, imagination, adolescence, the peak of curiosity and risk-taking, 20s of the fast years, 30s when superpowers of endurance make up for loss of speed, 40s a peak time for emotional intelligence and a focus. 
50s and 60s, reaping the rewards of your crystallised intelligence and 70 plus, a peak time for reasoning and making the best decisions. Uh, well, Carolyn, what, what, what do you Look, think? I was born middle age, so I think that means I was born... I took a long time to get to my 30s and then I've just held on to them since. So, yep, yeah, endurance, hardworking, yep, that makes sense to me. All right. What yep. about you, Jock? Well, I, I basically haven't gone beyond my teenage years, uh, Wallace, to be perfectly honest. I'm sort of mm. one of these uh, eternal teenagers. And, I mean, I would take issue with most of those definitions. I yeah. think that uh, as I'm approaching my mid-70s, and I hope no one out there is listening to this, as I'm approaching my mid-70s, I think all of those things like risk, imagination, being unhappy, endurance, etc., all happen at this time in your life. You've got no choice but to deal mm. with them. So, look, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the list, the seven ages, and for you, Jock, 70 plus, a peak time for wise reasoning and making the best decisions, and you say you've failed in that? Well, did he say best decisions or just making decisions? Making the some best of the decisions. decisions we make are not good ones. Yeah, um, it is making the best decisions, but they do also say that um, you can be a lot more decisive because you understand yourself better, but that might not necessarily be the best decision. I think sometimes what you do, certainly in my particular age bracket, is that you make a decision and you're, you're more inclined to say no to something rather mm-hmm. than sit on the fence or dither or, or go with the flow. If there's something that you don't particularly like or don't want to do, you can say no without feeling guilty. Oh, I could do that as a child. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point about... I've never lost that ability. (laughs) It's a good point about sticking at one age, though. I think a lot of people find that they kind of reach a year and they're like, right, well, this is me. Um, I have a very good friend who's uh, nearer your age, Joe, who says that they're um, 23 was about it. Yep. Right, okay, Mm. got it sorted now. Um, that's that's how old I am. I don't think I've reached the the age yet where I am. I think I'm like slowly aging into my personality, like Caroline. Yeah. But everyone does kind of have a point. But one of the things that they say is that it's important not to generalise. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. everyone does think differently. And I was thinking about this as well. If people's brains work differently on a physiological level, what's the difference between being raised by parents in their early twenties and being raised by parents in their late thirties, early forties? Like one of the things that they stress is that it's important to remember that everyone is at a different cognitive point regardless of age. So if someone's reacting differently to you to something and you don't understand why, there may well be something in the way that both of your brains are at different stages that make you draw the information in in a different way. So I thought that was really interesting. I think that, I think it's interesting that you know they're saying they're throwing away received wisdom because, of course, received wisdom was often done in some very particular tests, some very limited tests in terms of who was involved in in the studies, but also what the life expectancy was. Absolutely. So that makes a big difference as well. Um, One of the things they also stress is that uh, adults in a Western world uh, have a different experience of middle age and old age to people in other cultures because of the individualism that's crept in over the last two or three hundred years, which means that support systems aren't in place in the same way that they were for older people. So uh, it's really important not to generalise, but also Mm. important to realise that it's not just um, you turn 23 and everything's downhill. That's not true at all. Um, There's always the thing about that being a physical decline. Well, that's been proven to be incorrect. But the idea of a mental decline is also incorrect. Rob Kelly have done it again. Kia ora, Rob. And on that, uh, this is from The New Scientist. Matt Murray's article there, The Seven Ages of Our Brains. Uh, Meanwhile, 
Meanwhile, a uh, bit, bit of feedback regarding uh, those who've been to Jim Morrison's grave. I went to Paris in 1993 for a day just to visit Jim Morrison's grave. I climbed the Eiffel Tower, great party, till late, then got on an overnight train to Amsterdam so I didn't need to sleep in France, didn't want to stay there as I was still grumpy about the Rainbow Warrior. Uh, knowing what I know now, I may have stayed a while longer as at 20 years, 20 years old I didn't appreciate where I was. Um, so, yes, indeed. Very good. All right, uh, it's coming up to four o'clock time for I've Been Thinking. Um, Caroline Daly, you first. Well, I could dress this all up into a, a very um, intelligent-sounding Proustian moment with Madeleines and the memories and the forgotten memories of childhood and how food can evoke that. But actually, I was talking with a friend last week who's on holiday this week, and I said to her, what are you going to do? And she said, custard. And I thought... That's interesting. It's the time of year when people are reaching for their comfort food Ah. and what a good thing to do and how we should all just treat ourselves. The little things in life can, can just be the things that we need regardless of which age of man we are at or persons um, in terms of just feeling good about ourselves. doesn't have to be expensive for her. Her custard was from a packet, mm. didn't involve anything fancy, but that was going to make her happy. And she intends to have it at least twice a day during I her week it. off. So, the, so did I. And I the, thought there's a message for all of us the there. The depth of winter, can I just jump in there? I've found my uh, small winter love when it comes to comfort and comfort food. I'm a convert. Two slow cooking lamb shanks. Uh-huh. I was I was I was given a crock pot. Oh, I do them on the I, stove top. I, really, I can't mm. believe it. You turn it on low at the start of the day, end of the day. Beautiful. Oh my goodness! I never knew. Falling off the bone. They actually did. Yep. What's, Lovely ragu. What's yes? That's two one zero one. What's your comfort food? Is it custard? Is it a slow-cooked lamb shank? Wonderful. All right, time for I've Been Thinking for with uh, Jock Anderson. Uh, well, where to start? Um, do you want me to talk about having reinvented myself as an art gallery director? We'll leave that till later. But the other thing I'm thinking about, uh, of course, is, the, is still waiting for the vaccine and, uh, and when it will be safe mm. uh, to travel to Scotland, um, where um, once I've climbed Arthur's seat in Edinburgh in my kilt, um, I will then uh, be married to my teenage sweetheart, uh, Shetlander Elizabeth Robertson. And uh, so that's what I've been thinking about. It's, it's something that is never out of my mind, uh, day Wonderful. and night. Uh, one of these days we'll get together. Um, so can, I, can you expand on that a little bit? Uh, who, who's, who's Elizabeth Robertson? Elizabeth Robertson is an extremely talented uh, artist, among other things. Uh, born in Shetland, uh, we went to school in Dunedin together uh, as primary school and intermediate uh, we were teenage sweethearts back in those days. We parted company in about 1970. Uh, Elizabeth returned to Scotland, where she's lived ever since. Uh, we met up again when I made my first visit back, uh, my Celtic crusade uh, back to Scotland in uh, 2019. And uh, we met up. Uh, I went on my travels uh, around Scotland for a few weeks. Uh, Elizabeth uh, has been visiting New Zealand every year for a number of years. Uh, she's also been, she comes out, or she did come out for the steampunk festivals in Omaru. And uh, as they say, um, the magic was still there, the spark was there, the romance was still there. And, uh, wow. In the, 
in Omaru at, at Christmas time in 2019, we agreed to be married. And then she returned to Edinburgh, and uh, we would have been married over there in June or July, around about this time last year. Uh, but the evil COVID uh, came upon us. What an extraordinary story. You, you're, you're giving us your love story here on RNZ National. You've got your teenage sweetheart, <laughs> Shetlander Elizabeth Robertson. You, you, you still have love for each other, and you can't get to see her. Absolutely. But oh. uh, not only that, I mean, our love story um, is also featured in the, uh, in the, the, the British uh, media. Uh, it was in the Scottish Daily Record. It was in the Times, the Times, and also in a live uh, BBC interview uh, on goodness. BBC Scotland just a few weeks ago. Do you Zoom or Skype? No, we, do, we talk on Messenger twice a day, the video Messenger twice a day, right. morning, and, morning and evening. Jock Anderson yes. and Dr Carolyn Daly with me this afternoon. A lot to discuss right here. The panel, RNZ National.